This is the Living Vertizano podcast brought to you by The Church at Riverstone, a fellowship of The Church of the Nazarene in Madera, California. Today's episode focuses on the parable of the wheat and the weeds, found in Matthew 13, 24-30, and 36-43. Together, we will be discussing the evil that exists in the world and our role as Christians planted in the midst of it all. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Natasha. I'm Brittany. And I'm Derek. And we are the Living Vertizano podcast. Uh, and we are glad to be back with you guys this week. Uh, we're going to be picking up uh, in Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 24, with the parable of the weeds. Last week, we discussed the parable of the sower and, and this um, conversation of the soil and, and asking, answering the question, asking the question and then answering the question of what kind of soil we are. And uh, this week, we're going to pick up again with another teaching of Jesus and, and see where it takes us. So, uh, Derek, would you uh, take us into that? So, the parable of the weeds. Verse 24, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads... Then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time I will tell you I will tell the harvesters. First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Then down to, skipping down to verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father, Whoever has ears, let them hear. All right. Thanks, Derek, for reading that for us. Let's jump in. As Jesus' disciples, let's have a conversation about this parable. Uh, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Uh, what's standing out to you? Um, I think in this parable, I think it's important that we remember that we have to live among the weeds. Um, they may, may be our neighbors. They, we may be working with them, um, but we have to live with the weeds. And um, Jesus is allowing those weeds to grow just as he's allowing us to grow. Um, And then there will be a time that um, harvest will come and there will be judgment. But but for the time being, while we are in this season, we have to be okay with living with weeds. The, I guess the thing that I think about when I hear you say that, Brittany, is actually one of the things that, that came from your table. I think it was Scott who brought it up, this idea of weeds sometimes being beautiful. (laughs) And, um, 
I think about how, man, there's sometimes when I look around me and I get frustrated at some of the weeds that I see because they look beautiful. Like what they have looks mighty appealing. Um, I know that's not even close to anything that's necessarily addressed directly right here in this passage, but I guess it just, it hit me when you were saying what you were saying, Brittany, and then thinking back to that conversation. Um, I guess with that, just how important it is for us to be firmly rooted in Christ. Um, and, and, and sure of why we're there because there will be times when the weeds are prettier, but we have been called for something greater, something that lasts longer. I mean, the weeds, when they flower from what I heard, I mean, they look pretty for a little bit and then they get ugly. Um, and I guess the same could be said for, for life in a matter of speaking, if not in this life, at least in the conversation of that, that Jesus brings this to where it's like the, the continuum of life and, and the judgment that is coming and the, the reward that's coming for the wheat. So something can look good, but be poisonous. Yeah. Like those little snake berries. Nobody knows what those are. Never mind. No. Is that kind of like blueberries? I'm from the holler. (laughs) We have snake berries and they're poisonous. They're really pretty. They look like tiny little strawberries, but they're poisonous and they will kill you. So that brings up, um, actually kind of transitions nicely into this conversation on what the, the two different, I guess, seeds are that exist in this story. Um, kind of trying to come back to the parable that Jesus tells here. And he tells this story of wheat that he sows and um, weed seed that the enemy sows, that that Satan sows, right? Um, and as I was uh, reading a, a commentator on this, uh, specifically this idea of the what, what the weed was, uh, they talked about how the weed was this thing called Darnell, and it looks awful lot like wheat and and even to the trained eye i would i was about to say to the untrained eye but even to the trained eye like it it looks like wheat and it's it's as you were saying it's not until later uh that you can begin to differentiate it's like it's like weeks later that you know it, it grows together and looks it all looks the same for a few weeks and it, it takes you know what i read a few weeks before they can actually distinguish but by that point, like it's already throughout. Yeah, you can't you can't start just ripping it all out. Um, so yeah. So and, and this this Darnell weed though is it's toxic. I mean it it messed people up. It even led to death. Uh, in I guess as, as when farmers weren't able to differentiate and it was consumed together um, in, in certain volumes, it could lead to death. So then what is the, I mean, I feel like Jesus lays it out pretty well for us in, in his commentary of what the good seed is. Um, you know, I, I take it to mean that, that that is the body of Christ, that is the church, 
Um, but that's that's the way I view it. I mean, you guys can interject if, if well, I'm I wrong mean, there. I, I think but. Jesus says, I, he even calls it, they are the, the people of the kingdom. Um, so, so there's not any gray area there really to, to differentiate. No, no. It actually reminds me of last week's conversation that we had of the differentiation between the plant that was in the soil, the the thorny soil, and the the good plant that yielded a crop. That on the outside you could not tell them apart. Right. The only way you could tell them apart was they, they both looked like plants, but one of them actually bore fruit. One of them actually produced a, a crop that resulted. Um, and I, I feel like that piece of the conversation can carry forward into this, this parable and how, if you just look at the two seeds side by side, they might look the same. The, the people might, on the outside. Well, they like the, the good seed and, and the, the yielding crop. Are, both bring life, yeah. Whereas the one, the one that's not producing fruit, and the the weed, there's only one outcome for either of those. If you if you're not life producing, then eventually an end comes, and for the 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 weed, it could lead to death. And I mean, we would even associate that that idea with death, so. I mean, yeah, very, very similar to what we saw in, in the parable of the sower. So another thing I think that um, kind of goes along with this idea of, of pulling up the, the wheat or pulling up the weeds um, in the midst of the wheat um, and then having that have the negative effects on the wheat um, is as as Christians, I think our tendency is to try to get away from the evil, to try to avoid the evil. Um, and so in essence, we almost um, begin to try to act as the farmer um, and pull ourselves as wheat out and try to create our own field mm. of only wheat to the exclusion of of the weeds that would otherwise be in our midst. And um I don't know. As I'm as I'm thinking about that, uh, we we recognize that how destructive um, that can be for for us as the wheat. As we talked about um, how on Sunday our table group um, spent a lot of time talking about how the how the um, weeds that are in our midst and the evil that's in our midst, we can give thanks to God for it because it produces character and because that produces fruit. And so we can, we can praise God even in the difficulties and even in the midst of weeds because of that. And so when we pick ourselves up and we kind of create this own field with only the wheat that's without the weeds, um, we remove the opportunities of, of some of the troubles and some of the evil encounters that that would otherwise be there present producing good character and God using those to cultivate the soil to go back to the conversation last week. And so I think as Christians, we really have to be careful that we don't assume the role of the farmer and begin to move ourselves out of the world, out of the culture, um, because he's allowed us to persist there. Um, 
and because that's better. So I was just looking up the benefits of having weeds because growing up, that was my least favorite um, of all chores in the whole wide world. My mother would make me go and pull weeds, hated it. And she did it because she wanted to look pretty. Um, so I was wondering what would, what was the, what would be benefit beneficial to have weeds? Um, and weeds fertilize the soil. It increases moisture, acts as a shelter or a living mulch. It repels pests, attracts beneficial insects, and serves as food and other resource for human beings. So there are some implications to live among the live among the weeds. They, you know, it can build character. You know, talking to, um, getting different life perspectives from people, and you know, learning how they're where they're coming from, and and growing yourself. You know, learning because God made the weeds. And he's allowing those weeds to grow um, and taking time to, you know, grow stronger because the weeds are beside you. And I was thinking about something when you were talking about pulling, Natasha, when you talked about like pulling the, the, the wheat out and like planting it in a place away from the, the weeds. It's as if like when we do that, we want to be separated from everything that Jesus encountered like we don't want the hard times or the troubles that come that he talks about like that we we've heard about and we'll hear about throughout Matthew and all the gospels like like there's going to be trouble if if he faced it like we're going to face it and so if we want to like essentially be replanted in a field with no weeds we're asking God to to do what to do the opposite of what Jesus has told us is going to come and so I mean, who are we to think that we can take that role of the farmer and say, you know what, I, I've had too much of this. This is all I can handle. I need to go over here into a into a, a new a new field with no weeds. And so, I think that that's a great reminder. Like we we can't assume that we have this role of a farmer where I can pick and choose. Like I'll be here, but it makes me think of of um of uh, facing, facing the giants where it says to like bloom where you're planted. Like this is where you've been planted. Like God has you here for a reason. Like don't try to hide from all the, all that's taking place in the world. If, if the weeds are, are, if the field is the, the, the world, like don't hide from all these troubles that are going to come from these weeds being in your life. Like allow God to use you and be bloom where you're planted. I wanted to mention, as you were saying that, I I kind of heard, I got this vision of even, so even in these troubles, right, I think we, we kind of think, well, the farmer comes, he plants the seeds, and then he leaves and takes off, but he's there, he's cultivating it, he's watching over his crop, he's watching this happen, and he sees his crop in this, and I think it's important to remember that in this conversation, I feel like there there's... I don't know, some hopelessness maybe that can exist in it because it feels like, well, in this life, things there's going to be evil and these bad things are going to exist, but we can take comfort in knowing that, that our farmer is there and he's constantly there with us. And so I just, yeah, I thought that was. And he's endured, like essentially, like not essentially, he's endured all that you're going to endure as, as we, the farmer's already, like he's experienced all those things. 
if there were thorns in those weeds, guess what the farmer experienced? The thorns. Like, so there's nothing that you face as, as wheat that the farmer hasn't had to encounter. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe he's, maybe you did get sick from that poisonous, you know, uh, what did, the, what was it called again? Darnell. Darnell. And so maybe he was sick from that. And so there's nothing the farmer hasn't experienced that, that we, we won't. And so I don't know why we would get this idea of thinking we can just uproot and go somewhere else where it's easier. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you, um, inappropriately or incorrectly transplant a, a plant, they will die. And we, we see that a lot. So I, I know I always bring it back to kids, um, but we see that a lot where as parents, you want to protect your kids. You want to protect them from so much. And I think as parents, you forget that by allowing them to experience some of the troubles, by allowing them to experience some of the evils while you're there and the farmer is there, um, it's going to produce character and it's going. And so to trust the farmer enough with the field that he's planted your child in is a big deal. And I feel like, <laughs> um, I don't know. And, and my kids are little, they're not even like to the scary part yet, you know? So, <laughs> um, but I just, I think as I, um, have been listening to you guys talk that the one thing that I think sticks out to me about this, this idea of, you know, blooming where we've been planted. So the, um, I'm trying to find it in my passage here. Um, the servants come to the master, the man who sowed good seed. Um, and they said, do you want us to pull them up? And he says, no, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. And, I think the thing that's been like bouncing around in my mind is if that's true, if it's true that uprooting the weeds might disturb the wheat, uproot the wheat, damage the wheat, isn't it also potentially true that the wheat being uprooted would damage the weeds? And Maybe that sounds super weird. And it's like, so who cares about the weeds? Well, don't we, aren't we supposed to care about the weeds? Uh, didn't Christ come and die for the weeds and call us to live for the weeds? Like not, not for them, but like, like our life should be dedicated to pursuing Christ and pursuing the weed. And I guess all I can think about is if if we are too focused, we as Christians are too focused on trying to um, fabricate this environment where the weeds are gone. And, and I think to this point, we've been making the statement about weeds and we think about like the tough situations, but then we talk about the wheat as people. In this parable, the weeds are people. The weed is people. Yes, people bring situations, but they're people that Christ also died for. And so I guess I just, I think about it when we, when we try to, to curate and cultivate this, this 
environment of, of good <laughs> to insulate us from the evil that might exist. We do damage to the people around us that may not yet be wheat. We do potential damage. And so while there might be tough things that we have to endure, that our children have to endure by remaining planted in the field that Jesus has planted them in along with the weeds, we got to believe that it's worth staying in because there are people's lives that are at stake. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with, with these, these thoughts and these feelings of like just a broken heart. When, when I read the end of this, this parable, the, the explanation of this parable, and it says, as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. Like these are, Maybe we, maybe we talk about the weeds as difficult situations to insulate ourselves from the difficult conversation that we are saying that we want to distance ourselves from people. Because I am overwhelmed with a broken heart when I read about there is going to be people, there are going to be people at the end of the age that are pulled up and they are cast away into the fire. Man, that breaks my heart and it breaks my heart even more to think that I might like help them on that road to destruction if me as a wheat decide to uproot myself and remove myself from that difficult situation so that I don't have to deal with it anymore. That's a lot of weight to carry. It's a big cross. But we just have to trust that the farmer knows what's best and he knows when when to harvest and he knows what he's doing i mean that's just i mean that's a part of i mean that's our life like we just have to trust um recently we um hung out with the weeds um it's not comfortable um it's not something that we particularly enjoy but we feel called to this group of people we feel like god is calling us to be there. And, um, we've not seen any, any at all transformation. Um, but we have to trust that being amongst the weeds and being in those situations that are uncomfortable and it was uncomfortable for us, it was uncomfortable for our children. Um, but we have to trust that number one, we've raised our children well enough that they know what's right and wrong. Um, but we have to trust that, you know, just our presence is, what God has called us to do. He's called us to be among the weeds. I think what you, you said is, is truly the sobering reality that, that we want to make the weeds situations and we don't want to make weeds people. Um, and honestly, when we try to remove ourselves from the weeds, we, we do ourselves an injustice, we do Jesus an injustice, and we do 
our friends who we just would say are weeds and injustice. And I, I think my heart from what you said is, is Jesus, I recognize that I fall vastly short in trying to remove myself from situations where um, it's, you know, it's not easy or not comfortable. And I think it's a recognition that being wheat shouldn't be comfortable because, you know, transplanting ourselves to somewhere where there are no weeds is comfortable because it's easy. We go to church on Sunday or we hang out with our people that, you know, our body of, of family that's, that, that's believers and that's easy. And then when those times come that's it's uncomfortable or not easy, it's easy to find an excuse to remove ourselves, and then we can say, "Well, you know, I tried because what I do, I, 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 maybe I invited somebody to church. Not that that's insignificant, but like there has to be a sense of urgency in what we're doing, because if we're not, it's not just going to be the weeds that are dying. It's going to be the wheat, um, because we're going to fall into this." false sense of like security that I'm weak and I'm safe. And it's kind of like a, like a reflection of last week. Like if you are weak, there should be weeds changing around you. Hmm. Like if there's not, it's a me, it's a me issue. It's a, I'm this, I'm this plant that's been choked out. Because I look fine on the outside, but there's no weed, there's no wheat growing in around me because I'm just a wheat stalk that has nothing falling off and growing. And so I, I just appreciate, you know, God placing that on your heart because that's that's real. Like that's the reality. Wheat it, it, it's great to be wheat, but the weeds are just as important. And when we lose that sense of urgency for the weeds, like that's that's a me thing. That's not an anybody else thing. It's a it's a me. It's needing that mirror and that that reminder. Like, I if I'm looking at Christ and I'm following Christ and I'm doing all that He's called me to do, I shouldn't. They shouldn't be seeing me. They should be this seeing the the results of what the farmer's done. I think for me, the thing that stuck out is this, this idea of not falling asleep. I mean, because honestly, when you forget that the weeds are, are people, they're not situations. It's like falling. It's, it's just like, you know, the, what the, what was Jesus was talking about, about, you know, them being asleep and, and the devil coming in and casting his, his weed and, and it sprouting up among the, you know, when we fall asleep, we we forget that there are people too. That we've been in a similar boat. Like we've been in that space, we've been in that place. And it's easy to want to remove yourself from it. So what do we do? When we ask this question of of so what, um I mean we we've kind of answered the question of so what, right? This this like Jesus opened my open our eyes to see 
people as you see them. And instead of writing off the difficulties in our lives as situations, we recognize the people that bring those situations so we actually see them as people, right? Help us to see as you see. But connected with that, Jesus makes this statement at the very end of this this, uh, explanation of the parable. And he also made it earlier in, in chapter 13, made it earlier, I think, in, in chapter 11 as well. It's in uh, Revelation. It's in a few of the other Gospels. But he says, Whoever has ears, let them hear. And when I read that, when I hear that, I almost hear Jesus asking the question, Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? And so with that, I mean, there's a whole host of questions that that could flow from that. Do we even know the sound of our good shepherd's voice? Uh, Do we know what it means to listen? Are, Are we hearing what he is saying and then putting it into action. Like what, what are we doing with these words with this conviction that he has just placed on my heart to open my eyes. Now, what am I going to do? You have ears to hear Nick. So what have you heard? What are you going to do? And so I, I think for me specifically, I don't know, maybe it's Jesus is, I I, I hear Jesus calling to, well, like you just shared, Derek, and and the the situation that you guys put yourself in on purpose this last weekend. It means that that we go. It means that I go to us. I I accept an invitation to something that I probably wouldn't accept an invitation to. I'll say it that way. And there is something very specific that's in my mind. And so you asked the question, so what? My answer is I listen. And what I'm hearing him say is that I, I need to accept an invitation to be among some weeds here coming up. And so that's, that's a personal response to the question of so what? Um, but when we started this conversation on the parable... Brittany brought up that there is the world, there is this field, and in the field exists two different kinds of of seed. There's the weed seed and there's the good seed. And so it seems like it's it comes down to uh, this question of so so what are you? There there is no in between. There is no. Um, well, I'm a good person. It's either you are wheat or you are weed. Um, and it might be hard to recognize, but this is that point where you know we allow the parable to, again, hold a mirror up to us and ask the question, like, what are you? Who are you? Are you a wheat or are you a weed? Um, and, and then what is your response? Again, Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them hear. So you've heard these two options. 
you've heard Jesus ask you the question, who are you? Are you wheat or are you weed? What, what is our response? If we're, if we're weed, probably it, it seems like really the only response that we ought to have is a response of repentance, a response of, of turning around and, and, and going towards him and, and moving towards him and, and pursuing him, him being Jesus. Um, if, however, we find ourselves to be the wheat, uh, perhaps this is a, a call to remain, remain determined to continue to hear the voice of Jesus, to continue to open ourselves up to be obedient in every single situation where we are listening to what he might be saying, we are hearing what's going on in the world around us, and then we're taking what we see in the world and saying, all right, Jesus, now what do we do? And then we hear what he says, and then we live into the world, and as we live into the world, we ask what we're supposed to do, and that's the life that we're called to live. I think I would add that you can be you can be wheat and still need to repent hmm. because you very well could have been doing what we talked about with the with the weeds and not treating treating them as as True. the people that God intended us to treat them as because as you you pointed out earlier that he he died for the weeds as much as he died for the wheat. And so I think that would be the one one thing that I would challenge people. You know, if you find you, you can find yourself as a wheat in this, you can find yourself as the weed, but you can, you know, you can also recognize that as the wheat that, hey, I've missed it, that there are weeds all around me dying and I've desired to be removed from that or have removed myself from that. And so, you know, I think that would be the one thing that I would say is in this in this mirror, you can find yourself as wheat and still need to repent. That's the life that we're called to live. A life of vertizontal living. Which, I mean, if you're listening, that's kind of where we... Where the the name of this podcast originates from where we desire to be a people who are living in the world not removing ourselves from it but living in the world hearing what is going on right before our face taking that to taking everything every thought captive right but taking that to Jesus and and saying all right Jesus what do we do hearing what he says and then as a result of what he says living that out there's some some hard truths, I think, that we were faced with um, as we encountered this passage, as we encountered Christ in the midst of this passage today. Um, and I, I think that just about does it uh, for uh, on time for us uh, today. Um, but um, you know, hold your head up. Because what's coming is a, a conversation on what it what it means, what it lo- what it's going to look like for us to uh, live into the kingdom of heaven even now, right? There, there's some heavy stuff that we discussed today, but on the horizon, 
is the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the yeast where where we get to have this conversation at, as wheat, as the people who have uh, repented, who have turned towards and who are living a life for Christ, we, we have some marching instructions uh, of, of, you know, this is what it looks like now then for you to live. Even in the midst of that field that is full of weeds. So you won't want to miss that next week as we jump into Matthew 13, 31 through 35, that little section that it seemed like we skipped over. We will be going back to it to, uh, to see what it might look like for us to live in the midst of uh, that field of weeds. Be sure to follow the Living Vertizano podcast to stay current on all our new releases. To learn more about the church at Riverstone, visit us at thechurchatriverstone.org.